0: Bye. Hey everybody, thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have Zabo, who is a music producer and a DJ, and he's best known for his crazy international fan base, especially in China, and I can't wait to hear about um, your experiences there. So, welcome!
1: Thank you, thanks Thanks, for having me. Yeah,
0: thanks so much for coming. Whoops, I just smacked the table. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I just want to jump right in. Where were you born and
1: raised? Um, So I was born and raised in Niagara Falls, and I lived there up until I was 19, and then i moved to london ontario for one year for a music program and then moved to toronto after that so i've been in toronto for four years now
0: awesome so were you um growing up like right in niagara falls like near the casino and stuff like that
1: so i lived in a small town called chippewa which if you know the niagara region it's like a small town in between niagara falls and fort erie
0: Okay, I've he- I have heard of that definitely. Um, I yeah. couldn't drive there without GPS probably, but <laughs> but, but
1: like from my uh, from my parents' backyard, you can hear the falls at night. Like, oh that's wow! Oh, we yeah.
0: that's beautiful. Yeah, it was sick. So, and what was it like growing up there? Because it's obviously much smaller than the city.
1: I mean, like, well, Niagara Falls is small as it is, but like Chippewa is like five thousand people. So oh, I'm wow. like a very small town boy. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and what were you sort of like, what was your childhood like? Like, where you, uh, like, did your parents live on a farm or no, you're in like,
1: no, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a farm like town. It was like just a small city. Um, I was super into sports. I played a lot of like basketball, football, pretty much every sport, like as a kid growing up. And then it wasn't until like high school that I got into music, which is kind of funny because that's like my thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, sports was my thing when I was growing up.
0: Nice. And do you have any siblings or anything like
1: that? I have zero technically, I have zero s- siblings, but I have six step brothers,
0: oh wow, yeah, F- from like all the one side or from
1: both. so my dad's uh my stepmom has six boys, all from the Holy same like, and they're all from the same shit. dad.
0: That's like sounds so fun, but also like exhausting for her. For <laughs> yeah, her. For, her, for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for them it would be fun. Probably oh, yeah. are they like? That's awesome. So you got it. You got to inherit um, like all these siblings.
1: Yeah, I was I was an only child like up until I was fifteen. Then I got six brothers.
0: Wow. So there's seven of you. Yes. That's amazing. And are you tight with all of them?
1: Honestly. I hope they're not listening. We're not <laughs> that tight. I mean, like, we're close. Like, we're, I consider them my... I don't even call them my stepbrothers. Yeah. They're my brothers, but we just don't... We don't hang out.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, understandable. Yeah. Especially because, like, if, if you met when you are older. I have, I'm in the same boat. I have three stepsisters, but I inherited them, <laughs> or we inherited <laughs> yeah, yeah, each yeah. other, um, like, only five years ago. So, right. like, my growing up was done with, like, right. just my brother. But then, yeah. Right. So, um, but, cool. Well, they
1: also all live in Niagara, and I live here Oh, now. so hard. So, when I go to visit my family, like, we all hang out and everything, but I'm not nice. going to, like, go to the club with them. Right yeah, now, you yeah. Think, you know what sense. I mean? Makes sense. Yeah.
0: No, it's interesting because... That's actually really interesting because I I haven't really met any only children that, like, get siblings later in life or like oh, in your yeah. teen years that's still very formative yeah. and like not one not two six <laughs> oh
1: yeah and all dudes
0: yeah yeah so and were you guys living together full time
1: so um it, i think i was 14 or 15 when my dad and my stepmom like officially moved in together and three no two of the only two of the brothers were living with them at the time, the other two lived with their dad, and the other two were old enough that they were already living on their own. Okay. Yeah, so it was kind of all mixed around. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So I am closest with my younger brothers just because I grew up with them the most compared right. to the other ones. Makes sense. Yeah.
0: Nice. Um Okay. Cool. So you're like really into sports, yeah. and um, did you like have plans, or sorry, you did say, or, or what about high school? You went to high school in the same area?
1: Uh, yeah, in Niagara Falls.
0: Okay. And were you? Did you enjoy it? Did you care about it? Did Honestly, you leave?
1: like. Like, I don't miss high school at all, but, like, it was, a, like, a cool experience in a way, but, like, I would never relive it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I It didn't do anything for me. I met a lot of my, fr- like, friends that I still have in high school, but, like, one, I don't like school, and two, it's just, like, it's so, it's so, it's just, everyone's a child, and I was a child, and no one really knows what's going on and everything, so... Yeah. Yeah.
0: I hear you. So it was just like almost like a dormant period that you have to get through and then
1: yeah, that's it. I mean, like I didn't like dread it every day, but I'm like definitely not looking back and being like, oh, I wish I had this again. Yeah. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah.
0: I hear yeah. you. Um, did you ever uh, go out in Niagara Falls, like gambling to the casino or anything like
1: that? Honestly, I I think I've only gone to the casino once. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. so
0: funny because, so I grew up here in Toronto yeah. and for a, a good while, there a good like maybe three four years like that was like a thing to go to Niagara Falls like every weekend like for the weekend right because it was like you almost felt like you were away right um, and,
1: and it's like a tourist attraction and, yeah in Niagara, and there's like too. shit to do yeah. there and there's like yeah yeah three clubs yeah. Or, or like <laughs> oh, two, you know
0: and like so it's funny and I guess like living there though you, you just didn't really care about it well
1: I mean like when you and in any city I feel when you grow up in it it gets old like you can mm-hmm. only do so many things like so many times and Niagara Falls is very Small, yeah. So like, the funniest thing about like the tourist area for the locals, there's a Boston Pizza connected to this arcade. It's called the the Great Midway. I was just there recently. But the Boston Pizza is like the hang, like the the best bar in the city. Uh (laughs) But it's Boston Pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: I will. It's a nice like, especially in the summer when the windows open. It's a nice sort uh, of like area where like the Ferris wheel is and stuff. Oh yeah, it's
1: it's super nice. It's just so funny. Like like on New Year's Eve everyone is like dude we're at boston pizza
0: <laughs> that's funny yeah um cool and then so you said you did you moved to london did you go to like a university or college for something
1: so uh so right after high school i did two years at brock university for kinesiology okay and right And
0: why sorry why'd you pick that
1: Because I didn't know what I wanted to do and I just loved gym class and working out Mm. And so like no I feel like no kid really knows No no And and so I was like well I guess I'll just go on kinesis and see what happens Um, But right when I started university was when I like Okay right before university I really started listening to dance music and electronic music a lot And then right when I started I was like I want to try making something and, like, I downloaded a program illegally, whatever. And then uh, <laughs> and then uh, I started, like, working on stuff, like, watching millions of hours of YouTube videos. And, like, throughout those two years at Brock, I was actually spending more time on music than studying. Mm. And by the time, like, April came second year, like, for finals, I was just like, man, I don't even want to be here anymore. And I was, like, constantly working on music. I was, like, considering dropping out, After I wrote my finals and like going to a music school. Um, So I started looking at schools and everything. I told like my friends and family what I thought, and they were like, don't do it, Dan. Like, finish, like, get your degree, get your degree. I'm like, I don't even want my degree. Long story short, I said, fuck it. And I went to London, Ontario to pursue my passion. Um, So I went to this small school called uh, the Ontario Institute of Audio Recording Technology. It's a it's a one program school. It's only sixty students a year. It's like oh, wow. super small.
0: Where it, in London is it? It's, I live there two first semester. It's,
1: it's right by the White Oaks Mall.
0: Oh okay. Oh so, so like slightly outside. It's, of like... it's
1: not it's the same part of Western. Like okay. total opposite. Yeah. Right right right. Um, so it's an eleven month program, um but it's like a college level diploma equivalent because they cram so much into the eleven months.
0: Which is like, don't you feel like, why doesn't all school just do that? And then you're just done faster and you can move on with your
1: life. Right. Like, why don't you just drag it out? Yeah. But the tuition was 30K, which was like the kicker. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to have a part-time job at the like during that. And in the orientation, they were like, you can't have a job during this program because you just, there's so much work. And I was like... Well, it's too expensive, so I got the part-time job, graduated, thank God. Oh, good. And then, actually, even before I graduated, I I landed an internship in Toronto before I was even finished, like, my program. So right when I finished, I just moved straight to Toronto.
0: Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. So, okay. Sorry. I want to like rewind for a sec. Yeah, so yeah. you, um, so around like what year was it when you were in high school? I feel like we're probably similar in age.
1: Um, so I, I was born in 94, so I, oh, okay. I graduated in, uh, 2012
0: from, uh,
1: From uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, from, from, uh, from high school, graduated 2012 and then college, I guess it would have been 20 summer of 2015.
0: Okay, because I'm just trying to like pinpoint of like what era of like EDM and stuff that you w- would have been interested in. You know what I mean?
1: Well, do you do you know about like dance? Do you listen yeah. to dance music at yeah. all? Okay, so I started really getting into dance music around like Avicii levels. Okay, and, okay, and like the first Skrillex EP, which that
0: was like 2012 ish, right? So probably when yeah,
1: 2011, like- 2012, yeah, okay. and. uh... And that was, like, right before I started university. It kind of all just, like, fell into place. And uh, I, like, super fell in love with it.
0: And, like, so did you just first sort of hear, I guess, the genre? And you were like, whoa, like, it just, like, hit you differently?
1: Yeah, I think the first, I mean, like, I think, like, like a G6 was, like, the closest thing I heard to, like, dance music. Because it was, like, pop but, like, heavy and stuff. And then after that, I probably heard, like, I probably heard of Avicii e Levels and then some Skrillex songs and then it kind of just grew from there like how much I liked it and then um, and then like I really fell in love with it in university and I remember uh, during Frosh Week like my first year at Brock Steve Angelo was playing who was one of the three dudes in Swedish House Mafia and I saw him on stage and I was just like oh my god like I want to be that guy on stage and that was like the reason I started making music just because I like I wanted to be that guy.
0: That's awesome. And then, like, for people who are, because I feel like everyone's like trying to make beats. I even had a little period in high school. I was like grounded all the time, and like I used to make beats too. That's hilarious. On like fruity loops or something. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, what program? Like, how did you know that? Like, what your first step was? Were were you like, I need to download a program, or did you just like start researching first?
1: Well. I had I actually had a, downloaded Fruity Loops before, okay, and and you actually can use any program. Fruity Loops works just as well as any other one. Some are just like easier to understand, better workflow. It's kind of teach their own thing. Um, so I downloaded Fruity Loops in like grade twelve, and I just like did it for like an hour, and I was like, this is lame. But then my my, st- my brother, my older brother, he used to make music, and he was oh. like, like I challenge you, who can make a better song. And so I downloaded Ableton, which is a program I use. Um, And I guess that was actually, yeah, I lied. That was the reason I started making music. Steve Angelo was like, like really pushed it and like made me start DJing. But yeah, my brother challenging me to make a song better than him was the reason I started. Nice.
0: See, it's always the siblings. They have like such an impact whether we realize it or not. Yeah. Yeah. that's so cool so then you downloaded a more like serious I had to say that because I, I agree like for is fine it's yeah. just like I guess less technical so you don't have as much control but if you-
1: Ableton is like the, I think majority of people use it okay yeah
0: and do, how did you even know like to find that program did you just research
1: I think my brother told me like oh oh right right and so I illegally downloaded that shit because it's so expensive yeah and uh and yeah I just started watching like all the tutorials and honestly like that was like seven years ago and like for the first, like, three, four years, I was still awful, and, like, it was frustrating, but, like, I kept going because I liked it so much, nice. but, like, it's so hard, like, there's just, there's so many things that you could, like, do wrong, or just, like, even the littlest things can make a difference.
0: Yeah. Um, I actually want to ask about that too, because like, this is a different thing, like obviously making beats from scratch versus like DJing. And you just mentioned oh, like, so yeah. when did you, so you had started DJing at this point. When did you start
1: DJing? Okay. So I think it was, I think I, I started producing music August of 2012, which was right before I was going into university. Okay. And then I saw And just like for fun? Be- well, I started producing music because of my brother. And oh, okay, like- so this like, okay. and then I went to Frosh Week and saw Steve Angelo killing it on stage. And so after that, I bought like a little two hundred dollar DJ like controller, and that's when I started DJing. But like, they are like not none of this like not the same at all. Like, uh, yeah, producing totally different. music and DJing are like two totally, totally different. different things. And not to bash on DJs or anything because I'm a DJ, but like anyone can DJ like like if I could teach literally anyone I could teach you how to DJ like and do a good job in five minutes because mm-hmm. it's very simple as long as you can count like one two three four and push buttons honestly like the thing about DJing is like you want to entertain the people you want to entertain yeah. the crowd
0: I feel like you need like rhythm and like yeah you need no music and, and
1: like in saying that yeah. there are really good DJs that can like scratch and spin and like the DJ's way better than me and I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's easy to be a DJ but it's easy to be an okay DJ like if you Mm -hmm. want to be like a really really good DJ that's fine but where my vision always was like you don't need to be a good DJ to be like successful like Tiesto Armin van Buren and all those pe- all the people making millions of dollars a show—they're not great DJs. They made good music and people liked the music, so people are buying tickets to see their shows. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. Yeah, no one gives it like no one gives a fuck like if you if you're just like DJing like at, at the Thompson Hotel yeah. and shit like like local DJs and stuff like that. I mean, if you're happy doing that, like that's good on you. Um, if you make a living off it, that's awesome. If you're happy, that's awesome, but. You're never going to be like, like, uh, headlining festivals. If yeah. you're a local DJ, like you do that by getting your name out there. The only way reason you can, or way you can do that is by making music and having people hear your music and like it.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you make great points. Um, Sorry, I'm like jumping around a little bit. Um, no, I want to ask you about, so, okay, you you buy this like board or like this little like mixer type of thing. Yeah. Um, and then were you DJing just for yourself at home for fun or were you actually doing any shows?
1: Well, it, honestly, like for the first four or five months, like I was still practicing at home because like I didn't have anyone to teach me really. So I was kind of learning it all by myself and like so i wasn't comfortable to do it like out eventually i did like i played uh like a couple clubs in niagara like just for fun and everything um probably less than 10 shows but then I, at that point i was like i really just want to focus on the production thing like the djing is fun but I want to spend more hours on making music because that's what is, will hopefully make me successful because mm-hmm. you can DJ all you want. You're never going to be a, a world touring DJ if you're just a DJ. Yeah. You do that by producing music. It's just like yeah, like
0: creating your own versus just like remixing other people's shit.
1: It's just like like Halsey. She wouldn't be touring if she didn't make music. If she was yeah. just writing, like if you wrote music like in a studio or whatever for other people, she wouldn't be like Halsey you should be a writer you know what I mean it's Mm kind of like that like you have to you have to put out stuff as as yourself as an artist you have to put out content um that hopefully people will like
0: yeah totally so uh so then finally you sort of did you just have have a moment you're like okay I need to like start producing more now versus yeah
1: I think it was uh I think it was well when I moved to London for the music school that was when like I really started, like, honkering down on it. But at the same time, I had, like, a, probably 40 to 50 hours of school a week. And then, like, 30 hours, like, uh, of, my my job. Part, yeah. So, oh, my God.
0: Exa- I just oh got God. exhausted I'm thinking
1: back. And, dude, oh, my God. This is so funny. So, I like, I worked and so much and everything. I would get home so late. But I would still want to work on music. That's why I'm here. So, I would be up too late. And then I'd class in the morning. And honest to God... I think every day I dozed off in class, and the teacher would have to call me out.
0: Yeah, oh man. And I
1: felt so bad. Like I, it's so embarrassing. I felt so bad, but, but but really,
0: what are you gonna like? I mean, you did what you had to do, and I that's and, and now you're doing it.
1: And I graduated with honors, which is wow. which I thought well, I couldn't believe it. So.
0: Congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment, right? And not a lot of people can sustain that for a year. Like, you're exhausted. Right. But you have to... Like, what are you going to do? You have
1: to eat. I think, like, like the only reason I did so well is because I actually really enjoyed school like i n- i've never enjoyed school in my entire life i like hanging out with my friends at school and like doing all that but like class and all that mm-hmm. i never liked any of that except for gym class yeah um but when i went to this uh like music school like i loved every second of it and honestly if i could do another year i would go back wow. just, just the experience honestly it was so probably best well like one of the best years of my life like it was so fun
0: I was that's amazing I was gonna ask you like did you find it to be worth it and so obviously like did you learn core things that you still use today
1: here's the thing it's so funny so it was so expensive and I expected to learn a lot about like stuff that could help my craft and I learned a lot about about literally everything there is to know about audio but dance music production is so specific I did not learn a single thing at that school about what I do and I didn't really know that going into it. But at the same time, I don't regret the experience because it, it was one of the best years of my life. I made some great friends that I still talk to. And uh, even though it was $30,000, I would do it again just because it was so worth it.
0: Nice. So, and when you when you talk about that, do you mean that they, they were just maybe so technical or were they just teaching you other genres of music?
1: Well, here's the thing. So, um, we had a class on like, recording bands in, like, an actual studio, for example, how to set up microphones and certain okay. stuff. And there would be another class on acoustics, which is how to build a studio with stuff on the wall to, like, project sound a certain way. And then there would be a sound design class, like how, uh, how people in the movies create explosions and stuff like that with sound and stuff like that. So it was literally everything to know about audio is what we learned. And we did have a production class but production doesn't just mean dance music production. So when, say, I don't know, the Black Keys want to go record an album, there is a producer with them. He's pretty much the guy, like, like the guideline for them, telling them you guys should do this different, do this different, and he's helping create the album.
0: Yeah, he's where- like directing almost.
1: Exactly. Whereas like a uh, uh, electronic dance music producer like myself. I'm the band I'm the producer I'm the everything Because all I need Is my computer mm-hmm. And so like When we learned That production class I guess I, pr- I probably learned Some good technical things To be honest But like So minuscule That like I wouldn't even count it uh, Right like, Of me learning it Because I've I've spent Thousands and thousands Of hours just practicing And I honestly think That like That's all you need To like become successful in whatever it is you want to do to a certain extent. I mean, if you want to be like a plumber, I think you need a certificate for that or something. <laughs> <laughs> but but in, a, in like a creative uh, like industry, like photography or like acting or anything like that, uh, I, I really believe you don't need to go to school. Uh, I think you can learn it all online because YouTube and Google are crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, and honestly, you're, you are, like, not the first guest to come on this podcast and tell me that. Like, there's people that have been on here and they're like, I started an entire business from just, like, watching YouTube. Like, that was my school. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. So yeah. much is out there.
1: Yeah. I, I hate the whole, like, society societal norms are, like... You have to Like graduate I do think everyone Should graduate high school High school I think so too and, But then every, Everyone thinks You have to go to university And get a degree And then get a 9 to 5 And it's like Do you want that Yeah Probably not Yeah Right And like that. Like a lot. Some of my, people
0: will And that's great Some but, people
1: will And some people want yeah. to And if you want to If it makes you happy That's perfect But if you don't want to And I feel like a lot of people Don't just want to sit in a cubicle mm-hmm. It's just like That's what like the, Their family It's like the family pressure It's just like get the job get like the the for sure job yeah instead of which you're
0: eventually at some point gonna get laid off from
1: it's almost a guarantee right right. and like and you're gonna be miserable all the time like if you if it's not what you like if it's a nine to five in your passion that's fucking awesome yeah but for me i was just like i always knew i was like there was no way i was ever gonna work a nine to five
0: Mm -hmm. ever
1: like before i like like knew i was gonna or wanted to become a producer dj i was in like bands in high school and stuff like
0: oh nice what instruments do you play
1: um, so I sang in, in bands, and I played a little bit of bass guitar. So my dad taught me a little guitar, but I wasn't grasping it too much, and bass is, like, ten times easier than guitar. Yeah. So I just wanted to be in a band, and I was rocking the bass. But then another band I sang, so I, I kind of did a, a few things. Nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: Sorry. Um. But, yeah, I, I, I literally couldn't agree more that, like – with that's been like i i it's funny because i'm turning 30 this year yeah. so i'm like re- and it's like a new decade so i've been like reflecting like what ha- what were my 20s about like what right you know what was my biggest takeaway from my 20s and like it was literally like a lot of things but that's one of the top right. things is just like understanding that like there are so many ways to live life and w- why that so social and Family pressure is so strong.
1: Yeah,
0: um, is like beyond me. I guess because like people come from other parts of the world looking forward to that, which I can understand. Yeah, um, or I guess I can't fully understand, but I can like see, like appreciate where they're coming from. But and then it's like holy shit. Like with if you really audit yourself. Yeah. Um, like and which I did that my twenties I think was a big giant self audit actually. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh my God, no, I fucking absolutely don't want a nine to five. I don't want to go to university, like all those things. And it's
1: okay. Right. And I think, I think a lot of people are like one scared of like what their like parents or like whoever superiors are going to think of them. But also I think it's just uh, like they might be scared of taking a risk because there is like an unlikely chance that that it won't work out Mm -hmm. but i mean like i always say you got to give it a college try you know
0: yeah oh good i like that that's awesome
1: i mean you got it especially if it's your passion that's the thing like music was always my passion so i was like even like like uh, my goal was of course to like make a living off it and tour the world and headline all the biggest festivals and all that but like in reality, like it is my passion, so like I was fine doing it. I did it for seven years before I made a single dollar,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's because I was passionate about it. Yeah, which yeah. makes it
0: different. And now that you've done those like seven years, I feel like you're it, only going up from there.
1: For sure, yeah. Oh my God, once you start like growing, it gets it gets easier and easier. And I think, I think a lot of people think um, uh, when they're getting into a creative uh, like hobby, trying to make it into a career. They think it's gonna come easy. I see this happen all the time. Like, um, like rappers appear to blow up overnight, or some new artist blows up overnight. Like Lil Nas X. Yeah, uh, he's
0: actually one of the rarest examples that happened for him in one year. But that was just like a really rare experience.
1: But ninety nine point nine percent of the other people. They didn't blow up overnight. They are probably working for like seven to ten years, and yeah. this one song, or you, maybe you just heard of them. They were already kind of famous, but like, I think that skews people's minds. And like, some people who want to go into a creative uh, industry, like turn a hobby into a or a hobby into a passion, they have these expectations that it's going to be easy because they see people blowing, blowing up, up overnight. Yeah which isn't true and it's not realistic and then once it doesn't happen for them they lose all motivation and i've seen it happen before yeah and it's super sad because i always always tell people just try like follow your passion give it a try it's gonna be hard but you're gonna hate yourself if you don't try
0: yeah, exactly. And I think too something to keep in mind and I've had to remind myself about this too is like um like think like we are so lucky to like live in North America and like live in Canada, especially in Toronto, and I'm like yeah. l- worst case scenario if it's going so horribly wrong where I'm like not able to pay, m- pay my bills, like we could go pick up a serving or a bartending job oh, in dear. a day. And like is that the ideal s- situation? No, but quitting what you love to me is worse. But at least, like, there that, that's always been in the back of my mind is, like, my safety net is, like, if I'm actually struggling that hard to, like, eat or, like, pay my bills or whatever it is, like, at least, like, that is something, thank God, that we're lucky enough that we have that we can do, you Dude, know? Dude,
1: right when I moved to Toronto, I started serving and I did that literally until i so i
0: yeah tell me about your internship yeah okay. sorry i wanted to ask okay you
1: so after i moved from london toronto i got an internship at a studio and
0: sorry how did this internship even come about
1: <laughs> it's crazy so we in this um uh in the, one of the classes in london was well, it was like a careers class or something essentially teaching you how to build the best resume and how to give the best interview we literally had like a mock interview with like our like dean we really like one by one sit down and have like a fake interview like for the, like the company we are like applying for oh nice and so i picked this place called wanted sound and picture for this like project, project. and uh did the interview blah, blah blah and then i actually like sent in an email or whatever to try and get an interview with them and they like skype me and they said let's have you in for an actual interview and then i got the job but internship yeah an unpaid internship as they all are I right see,
0: yeah
1: um so that started in september um and then it was a three month it was a three month thing and then after the three months they were going to decide if they want to take me on there were, there was two of us so they were going to decide if they take both of us one of us maybe neither of us um but uh they weren't paying us, and I just paid thirty k in uh tuition, mm. so I had to have another job so that's when I started working a serving job. I worked at Joey at the eden center um and nice. then so I was doing like like eight a m to five a m Monday to Friday at this internship, and then go to Joey until maybe like midnight. Oh so my I God. went from like doing like ninety hours of work in school to 90 hours a week of like of work and uh like here in toronto and it was like so exhausting um and then the three months like came up and they're like like dan we want to hire you but uh but like you can't have the other job like you'll have to do this exclusively and i was like well like i don't know like if i can afford it what you're gonna pay me they were gonna offer me 300 a week
0: stop
1: And it was going to be like 50 to 60 hours a week, which works out to $5 an hour.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And so I said... Bye.
0: But like, even if you wanted to do that, like, it's physically not possible. How the fuck are you supposed to live in this city? Right. And even with three roommates. Right. Like, how do you do anything? I know. That is insane. I would be so embarrassed to even, uh, like, okay, an internship is one thing. Everyone knew it was going to be free. It was like kind of a th- like a right. trial. That's And that's sort of like an understanding, even though it's bullshit to be the whatever. Right. But then, like, to move to a paid thing, you'd think that, like, it would at least be minimum wage. I know. Oh my god! But
1: it was honestly a blessing in disguise because uh, so after I left there, um, I was working at the restaurant like regular thirty hours a week. But I had a lot more time for my music at that point. Mm -hmm. And literally like less than a week after I I was like let go from the internship, um, my like first song ever like I'd released multiple songs before, but the song I released next it was the first time hit I hit a thousand plays. (laughs)
0: Oh, wow. On what platform?
1: On SoundCloud, which was, like, such a big deal for me at the time, which is so funny. Um, But still,
0: that's a milestone, right? Yeah, it
1: was. And it was, like, so funny because I just got let go. And I was like, oh, man, this is such a sign. Yeah. And then, like, I started working harder and harder. um, And literally for the, like, past four years, I've been working at restaurants just to pay the bills because you don't need to work 40 hours a week yeah. if you don't want to and you still make a lot of money which I think is crazy because like I made more money than my parents when I was serving which, wow. was, which is wild like yeah which is so crazy, yeah. And I've never even, like, thought of that. I wish I knew about serving when I was, like, 18. I didn't start serving until I was, like, 21.
0: Yeah. I started right at 18 because I was hearing that. And I'm like, hold on.
1: Yeah. You're
0: making, like, $60,000 a year yeah. doing what? And then, like, you're only working, like, like you said, 25 or 30 yeah. hours, however much you want. Oh, you my God. You can move God. shifts if you get a gig with somebody. You oh, can, like, my God, yeah. It's a really good, like, great thing. <laughs> Honestly, like,
1: best job ever. Yeah. yeah. It's so fun. And then, so... So I was working the serving jobs. I worked at Joey at the Eaton Center, and I worked in another place called West Lodge. And then this past summer, I worked at the Thompson Hotel nice. just as a barback. I was so done with serving, so mentally exhausting yeah. for me. So I, I just wanted an easy job. I was a barback, um, but right as I got right as I got um, uh, hired at the Thompson, right before I, during my interview right before my interview i got a contract uh maybe I'll back up should i tell the china story right now sure whatever you th- whatever you want okay so to backtrack a little bit in april of 2019 i got a dm on instagram from someone saying someone from china saying hey like uh, did you know you're like pretty famous in china and i go <laughs> And I go, huh? You're like, what?
0: I'm
1: like, huh? And then uh, they send me a screenshot of like, uh, they don't have Spotify or anything. They have all different platforms. But they send me a screenshot of like my streaming numbers. But everything's in Mandarin. I don't know what says what or what says what. I'm like, okay, this is cool. Like, I don't really think anything of it. But like, thanks for showing me.
0: Who was this person? Was it a fan?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's even crazier because they don't have Instagram or Facebook or anything right. in China because it's restricted. Right. Um,
0: so was it like a DM on SoundCloud?
1: They there's a v, You can use a VPN service. Have you heard right. of it? Yeah. Right, yeah.
0: yeah. Where it just like redirects where your yes. thing's come from. So it's like Russia or something like that. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I, like, I, a lot of people do that yeah. in China. When I go to China, I do that. Um, so this guy DM me saying you're kind of famous, and I go, "There's no way this is real," because I've had my heart broken a lot of times in the music industry in the past. So I, I, will set, I always set my expectations low, but like not I don't not pessimistic. I'm the most optimistic person, but I know not to get my hopes up too high. And so that happened, blah blah blah. And less than a month later, my manager, like my manager as like my artist manager, uh, got an email from a booking agent in China saying hey we want to bring Zabo out for a three show tour in May which was in like a month and I go no way what and at this point I had I hadn't even played a show as Zabo yet. I used to DJ back in the day just me as me Dan like at like random clubs playing top 40 as Zabo, like that's not what like Zabo would do. That's what, just what you play at the club. Yeah, you know that's what, what I someone
0: mean. else is asking you to play. Yeah,
1: exactly. When you're playing at a, a certain bar, they want you to play their music. But when like TS was on stage, he's playing whatever he wants, yeah. kind of thing, right? So this was gonna be like my first ever show as Zabo, and I was about to fly across the world to do it, which I couldn't believe.
0: And mm-hmm. it turns out
1: like it was all real. Like we got the contract, everything was signed. And, wow And so, Kind of to jump back So When I was going for my interview At the Thompson Hotel Like I think that day Like maybe when I was waiting in line I got like the email Like from my manager Confirming I was going And so I had to tell like The Thompson I'm like hey Like I'd love the job But in a week I'm actually going to China To To DJ And they're like <laughs> They're like What? <laughs> and I was like I know and uh and so got the job left went to china um that's nice that they still gave it to you <laughs> i know right and uh it was so crazy because like in north america I'm, I'm not like a nobody but like in china it's like a lot of people have heard of me and like heard my music and know of me and there is like a guy walked up to me randomly in the street and said are you zabo and he had a shirt with my name on it. oh
0: my god and he's like can
1: you sign my shirt i'm like what the fuck is going yeah where am i (laughs) like holy shit
0: wow and yeah and so
1: i met up with some fans when i got there and they had like a flag with my me on it like a picture of me (laughs) like
0: a chinese flag or a canadian flag it was
1: like it was like a white flag and they like drew my face on it (laughs) Like, it was so crazy,
0: Wow, that's unbelievable,
1: yeah, and so yeah, and so I'm I played the three shows in China, and like like that was a dream come true because that was like the moment where I saw Steve Angel on stage, and now it's like me like that's me he, I don't think I had like five thousand people like he did, maybe a couple hundred, but Still. it was so surreal, especially for like I haven't played any shows and for for two hundred people. To buy tickets, to want to see me specifically, that was, like, mind-boggling to me.
0: Yeah, so that was, like, would you say that was, like, your sort of big break, like, that changed things?
1: I I mean, like, this whole China thing definitely is my big break. Like, this has, like, turned my, my, uh, like, kind of music career, like like, around, because, like, I was, I was like, working hard, and, like, I was getting better and everything, and I was slowly getting organically more fans in North America and all of that, but then this China shit just happened just like that. Wow. Like, it seemed like it came out of nowhere, and I was told, like, my one song that I released three years ago has, like, 50 million plays in China, and, like, in literally... Everyone in China know like who listens to dance music knows that song. Wow! And I can't comprehend like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You never know who's like watching, listening, reading. Yeah. Crazy. It is so
1: weird, and it, it's it's also crazy because there's no correlation really between China and the rest of the world in terms of like I guess success with artists and and anyone really because some of my friends here in North America that are killing it like doing uh doing like better than me here like can't sell a single ticket there and like it's it's weird to think about that it's all different but yeah but yeah this whole china thing's been like uh, like i'm so grateful for it it's it's been crazy and i've been five times uh, oh my
0: god i've been
1: five times since like since so may was the first time and then i went on labor day may
0: like 2019
1: Yeah, this past May. This all happened in the past eight months.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. So that's... We're, like, right around that time. I was thinking it was, like, earlier. Yeah, no, it's
1: very recent. Yeah, so I went uh, in May, and then I went on Labor Day, and then I played uh, a five-show tour in October um, all throughout China, and that... uh, Because of that, because of, like, what they were paying me, I was able to quit my job and do music full-time.
0: Congrats. And
1: that was, like... I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Like that was, like the best moment of my life. No, like no, no lie. Yeah. Like, because
0: now you're fully sustaining
1: yourself with what you love. Yeah, and like, like obviously that's what I wanted to do from the beginning. And like, the other thing is like, who would have guessed? Like this is how it happened. If you're like five years old, Dan, how do you think you become successful? No, no, not in a million years would I say, oh, I think it'll be China.
0: <laughs> I think the kids in China are going to pick up on it really well. Like, and like... <laughs> it's
1: so weird like that. Do you know what I'm thinking, though? Because does
0: your music have lyrics? No. So I feel like um, this is just like a complete assumption. Right. I almost wonder... Because uh, most like popular music is in English, right? Yeah, 100%. And like, it's crazy. I've seen people that speak zero English sing, sing like, English you know, a Backstreet Boys song oh, yeah. perfectly because they've just memorized it. They don't know what they're saying, but yeah, it's yeah. like, whoa, that's actually it's fucking like trippy. It's like
1: when I'm like, Despacito. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, like we don't know what the fuck we're saying either. Yeah. Right? It's like funny. But I almost feel, feel like I wonder if that's like, A way that they feel sort of maybe connected to like us over here is because like EDM and dance music is obviously like a worldwide like especially in Europe like I think every country has some sort of relationship with that genre and maybe because it is lyricless um, maybe there's like that sort of barrier is like gone. Because I think lots of people, especially like kids, it, like right now, like you know, people in their 20s and whatever, they, you know, a, a big dream for a lot of people is like to come to North America, to learn English, like right. to do all that. So maybe that's like just one less barrier sort of for them and they just are relating to it. I don't know. I was just like a guess.
1: I totally, I totally think uh, you're right. But. Um, like all the people in my group that make similar music to me, like it, it's all very similar in, in the terms of it has no lyrics most of the time. But for some reason, my music just got big. She like, like, the, like none of the other people are going to China. And I'm I'm not saying that to brag or anything. Yeah, but I'm, it's d- true. I'm just saying yes. like, I, like I, I don't even know no, yeah. why I like, and honestly, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was just a bit of luck Yeah, in a way. Like, I mean, I feel like, uh, luck is when like, uh, preparation meets opportunity you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you can be lucky but you have to be ready for it like yeah. like i have to have had made good music for the opportunity to happen exactly um, but yeah there is definitely a stroke of luck in there somewhere because like i don't know it's just such a crazy story
0: yeah but that's why like i love hearing about that stuff because like it, you couldn't like you said you couldn't have even written it if you hadn't thought or you yeah. know like it's just impossible yeah yeah Um, So tell me where you are. Okay, no, but you recently went, you've been to China five times now. And you were recently there on New Year's. What was the New Year's show like?
1: So that was, uh, it was a a festival called ISY Festival. And it's like the biggest festival in China, which is crazy. It's like their Coachella. And it's crazier that i was a headliner for the what and like my so i have a management team in china and they're like dan like we can't believe it but you're headlining like and it's like like i was headlining the second stage but they're like we've never seen anyone like grow this fast and this is crazy um so it was super fun so dj snake was playing the main stage have you heard of DJ Snake yeah so, so
0: for that to be like your counter is crazy. So he
1: was playing the main stage as I was playing the secondary stage, which kind of sucked because obviously everyone's going to see DJ Snake. I would go see DJ Snake. Yeah. See DJ Snake. But I was still able to get a few hundred people in the crowd for me, which was amazing. Nice. Yeah.
0: Well, have you seen that video of Travis Scott five years ago? He's like playing a show. There was like 18 people there. Is it
1: in his documentary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I did see that. And
0: And like the behind the scenes video is like literally like a sound intern on their cell phone or like on travis's cell phone like you know and then
1: i well honest i love come up stories like that like i love hearing about like any like celebrity or successful person i love hearing like how they got there it's so interesting
0: same that's the why i started this podcast yes (laughs) (laughs) um Okay. Oh my God. That's so cool. So, and then did you like, like, what was that like? Like, did you meet other DJs there? Like, did you, do you get to like network with other people when you're in China?
1: Um, yeah, a lot of the time. So like some of the like bigger, bigger artists, they like stay secluded in their own tents, but I did make some good connections actually and made some new friends. I brought my manager along with me. Um, he usually stays in New York cause it's like super expensive to fly to China, mm-hmm. especially on New Year's yeah. Eve. Yeah. Um, so he was there, which was good because he was networking too. Yeah. So we met, we met some cool people, made some good connections, but, uh, yeah, it was super fun. It was a long, long day and it's 12 hours difference there. So my jet lag is like always so crazy, but it was it was a super cool experience. My flight the next morning at 6 a.m. was not a cool experience.
0: Oh, fuck. Did you get to sleep a little on the plane at least? or?
1: Um, I, I, I'm i sure I did because I didn't sleep before I went on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Amazing. So, and then what are your sort of, like, that's, like, such an amazing way to, like, kick off a new decade and a new year. Yeah. And, and, like, what are you sort of working towards this year?
1: Well, um, I'm definitely working on a lot of new music right now, but... Um, so I'm not going to China anytime soon because of the coronavirus and apparently like, like clubs aren't even open. People are advised to stay inside. It's like super crazy. Um, so my team in China, they're like, yeah, you're probably not going to be coming back for a while. I'm like, that's okay. Uh, we'll figure it out. So my manager and I were like really trying to focus on just building the brand in, uh, North America Uh, keep releasing music consistently and we just took on another dude as like a secondary manager to help for like social campaigns and just kind of um, working social media and marketing and seeing how he can do with that with like PR and just like like upping the brand as much as possible nice uh, my main job is just to keep making music
0: music yeah 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 it's interesting that it's almost a little bit of a like you said kind of, like I don't really believe in um, like if any closed door in my opinion is just like a redirect and I know that's like the, the cheesy thing that everyone says but like yeah. it couldn't be proven more time and time again and i feel like like you already have your success in china and now like it's kind of perfect timing for you to focus like in north america and grow here right yeah
1: and a lot of times it's just it's super a super organic process like the china thing like that that'll never happen again like that's so crazy to just like kind of blow up like that and i'm not like famous famous but like when I go there, I make a, I make enough money to make a living. Okay, so. well,
0: and your flat, your face is b- painted on flags, and people are asking you to sign. It. So I think there's a certain definite level of recognition. Oh yeah! Oh my God! <laughs> At
1: one of my shows, there is these two girls in the front row with Bristol boards with like pictures of me on it, but from my personal Instagram.
0: Oh my God! They did. Their they research.
1: found. Yeah, I couldn't believe. And one of them was me as a baby. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and i'm like trying to i'm like oh my god this is too much for me
0: (laughs) so i had to meet
1: them after i was like i gotta give them a hug yeah it was so funny
0: that's awesome um tell me about your music making process like do you have like a home studio or what is like like do you wake up and you're like okay today i need to come up with a song or do you just like let it happen
1: um usually i i have multiple songs on the go and so if i'm in like uh like a writer's block with one, I'm just gonna leave it even for like a week or two and just kind of move on to the next one. Um, but usually I yeah, wake up, have a have a coffee, go to the gym and then work on music. Um, take a nap, you know, eat dinner and then work on music. But honestly, I don't really have a process. It's like, honestly, I hear it in my head. And then I just got to do it. Nice. That's the thing. Like, when I hear an idea, like, I just gotta, like, convey it onto the computer, and that's the thing.
0: So, you don't, like, yeah, you don't have, like, okay, I'm gonna start with, like, you know, a drum first, then I'm gonna start with this. I
1: guess subconsciously I do, but I've probably made, like, hundreds and hundreds of songs at this point where I don't even really think about it. I'm just, like, I'm just gonna start working. In your zone. Yeah, and, like, when I am working, like, I'm, like, it's just, like, second nature. Everything I do is, like, super fast. And it's just, like, because I've done it so many times, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But there are there are a lot of times where I'm, like, oh, fuck. I don't want, know what I want to do next or whatever. And then it's, like, I just got to take a break. I, was a- I actually just got out of a writer's block, which I'm so happy about. Because I was in a writer's block for, like, I'm not even kidding, like, the last six months. Up oh, and, my up, God. Up until, like, a couple weeks ago. And, oh, my God. I was so sad oh no it was bad it was really bad but i'm back i'm back baby
0: Woo! amazing and i can't i know that you and um david your roommate over there yeah you guys have like like i'll see on both of your stories you guys have like hilarious like clubs in your apartment
1: um
0: so that is probably a nice like perk slash benefit slash like creative outlet to just like
1: oh yeah david's great like we're, we're very like similar people like very similar sense of humor and similar interest sports and music and everything so like yeah we always have a blast
0: that's awesome yeah um so yeah so music making is like
1: 2020 goal oh 100% like I will like be making music for the rest of my life and like I just hope to keep getting bigger and bigger
0: I'm sure you will thanks it's amazing um okay so I want to ask you about your favorite footwear the shoes that you brought today um everyone will be able to see them on Instagram so why'd you bring them
1: so I brought my Chelsea boots because these are Every winter, would I go for? I used to go for the H and M ones, but they always broke. Mm -hmm. So I went balling out this year and got the Steve Madden ones. Nice. And I like them because my outfits are almost always all black. So I like the black Chelsea boots. It just like I just like sleek, you know, uh, monochromatic. I'm a very like just like tones guys, like gray, white, and black. That's all I need. So the black Chelsea boots, those are my faves.
0: Excellent. Um, and what's one piece of advice you would give to somebody walking a similar path to yours
1: Um, don't give up and like don't be too hard on yourself like believe in yourself but don't set expectations too high to where when they don't happen you get so disappointed that you quit what you're doing just believe in yourself stay humble and keep working
0: excellent excellent all right. That's it for this episode. Um, you guys can all go follow Zabo on Instagram at Zabo Music. So it's at Z-A-B-O-M-U-S-I-C, if you can't spell music. Um, and actually do go follow him because his stories are very entertaining. Um, I can personally <laughs> attest. Um, and, of course, you guys can follow the podcast at Coming Up with My Sneakers. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave a five-star review. That would very much appreciate that. Um, That's it. Have a good week. And don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers, guys. Bye. Bye.